you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back together again. Buck, what is going on, man? Man, it is a good day. It's always a good day. Just hanging out. I mean, DJ is so crazy because um, I was talking to my guys in Jacksonville. It's like the last day of mandatory minicamp. And so everyone is talking about vacation and this and that. And literally, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar and I cannot believe it's already the middle of June. We all know once you get to the 4th of July, it is downhill to the season. Yeah. And it's not another break sprint. to February. And so, I mean, like, these guys are, man, four weeks, six weeks away from getting into training camp. I mean, it'd be here before you know it. Got to get my golf game approved a little bit before, uh, before we have to shut it down once training camp starts, Buck. Um, I don't understand yeah. why you have to shut it down. I'm surprised that you have to shut no, it down. No, no. I, I mean, I'll sporadic, sporadically. But just, like, in terms of the rhythm of just, like, we, it's just once a week that we play. But it, that gets going to get moved around a little bit. But. Um, I felt like since we won this tournament, now I feel, I, you know, I feel like there's expectations. You know what I mean? Like there's. Oh, it's the way to the, the way to perform me with expectations. Um, Mind you, I buckled under the pressure of the tournament, so now I've got expectations on top of that. I mean, it's not it's not looking good. No, I told you the only thing for me that is always nerve wracking when it comes to golf is the first tee box, because the I don't first, like people watching me at all. 
So the first tee box is when you have the most anxiety because that's when everyone is there, cart support up, all that. DJ, you're up. Holy smokes. So, and that's, do you like to go first or do you like to go last? Oh, I, I go first. I can't get that thing out. I can't get that thing done fast <laughs> enough. But I'll tell you, like, the, my, my pet peeve on the course is, like, you'll be out in the course and, like, we get to, like, a par three. Get to a par three. The golf cart uh, lady will show up and she'll be like, uh, I'll be like, we're good. We're good. She's like, no, I'll wait. I'll wait for you to hit. And I'm like, how do I say this kindly? I don't want you watching me hit this shot, Okay. I've got three friends here that I'm comfortable with that know how bad I am. I don't need a stranger to add this. I don't need this pressure right now. <laughs> Is that and, pressure? And, and, like, and I look at him. I'm like, no, 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 go, go ahead. She's like, no, no, you go ahead, shoot. You, so, you go ahead. So you, you uh, have oh. to think. Of, you have to think of it this way. No matter how bad you are, she's already she's always seen worse because she's yeah. out there. So she's not paying that, attention. That's a good to thought. Like, that's a good thought. She, she, she's she's seen a sports it all. psychologist. She's seen, she's seen it all. She's, she, she's seen everyone duff them. So it it is what it is. But to me, DJ, that is always the most anxiety. Just that first one, no matter oh. where you play. If you started the first hole, you got the whole I don't do the range. Do you do the range before? I don't do that. My first uh, ball is the first one I'm going to hit. That's it. Uh, I do a little bit, but I save them. I don't, I don't hit too much. I, look, uh, I, get, a, I get a small a small thing. Maybe 20 balls. We're yeah. going to start chipping or whatever. Just, okay, here we go. Then we're going. We're going to stretch it out. And we're going to go. I, though, prefer to walk the course as opposed to ride the cart. Because okay, you when I exercise. Well, not only that, no. It just helps me move from shot to shot. Like in mm -hmm. terms of, boy, that was a bad shot. So by the time I walk to the next shot, you got to get that out. Figure it out. So. so I have a punishment system. I hit I hit a bad shot, then I'll walk. Yeah, I'm like, I punish myself. Just oh, be like, this is so gosh. bad. You don't deserve a ride. Like you don't deserve oh, a spot on that car. The, guy, the guys over here. The guys over here. Next thing you know, you can I get my push steps ups. I get my doing, steps in. You can be doing push-ups for Miss Putts. You can be over yeah. here pushing them up. Oh, Holy yeah. smokes. No. And if we're if we're ever teeing off next to a road, I will always use a ball that I don't play. Like I'll I have like some pinnacles or some other ball like noodles. I'll hit those because if I figure if I kill somebody, I'll be like, "Hey, look, I, I I've got these. I got these other balls. I don't know where that ball came from." I, I, so I, I want to know if I should give you my secret sauce to golf play. So DJ, if we ever play together, I don't want you to be alarmed by my pink or purple balls. But well, I like I, am, I have I have some pink ones too. I like the pink ones. But but I am a guy that plays with a ladies' ball. I play with like a little lady Ooh, precept or lady okay. pinnacle because okay. they're a little softer when they hit. So around the green, a little more control and I yeah. can whack them. They may fly further. I know people say, Hey, the noodle is just the same. But for me, yeah. it's a mental thing. I've been doing it for so long mm -hmm. that I am conditioned that I have to play with like the ladies ball. And so, so I, have, I have the bright, I have some bright yellow, the regular uh, balls or male balls or whatever, but then I'll do those when I'm confident I'll be, because I think it's like nice kind of, I can identify it. But then if I'm going to lose it, I'm like, I don't want to waste one of those. It's a good ball. I don't want to waste that on this hole. So I, I'm starting to learn the tricks of the trade of the sport. Tee off with your crappy balls if you've got traffic anywhere because you're not getting that ball back. It's open. <laughs> you're chipping in. Hey, let's pull out the – you got to pull the, pull the nice ball out there. Let's let that thing live a little bit. <laughs> so, so anyways, there, there's your golf update for the day. Fishing and golfing in the offseason. We, uh, we mixed oh, that man, conversation. That so funny. Um, we're, we are going to do our corner draft today. Um, we're also going to have a, a, a discussion on something I looked at pass rush wise that I want to get your thoughts on. 
Um, always kind of looking at that. We believe that's kind of a key part of the game. So I'm always trying to study that, talk to different people, see what we can learn. Uh, so we'll have some more pass rush discussion. Um, but I want to start out, Buck, with something you're going to be working on uh, for the notebook this week. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you the floor, let you explain it, and we can kind of have that conversation. Okay, DJ. So I know how much you love contributing to the notebook pieces. So yep. my guy, Gennaro, uh, had an idea that we're going to write about uh, top non-quarterback found building blocks, right? Foundational players that take the quarterback out, guys that are most important. If you could build a team around, who would you want? We did a cutoff of like 27 years of age uh, because we want them in the middle of their prime so we can build around them for the next half decade. And I think this is a great exercise for you and I to kind of flesh out some of these names because we always talk about team building. We talked about the, I would say maybe the new marquee positions in today's NFL based on the evolution of the league. And yeah. so, you know, the, the way I think about it in terms of building, team, I was like, well, if I'm going after a guy who's a building block, it needs to be one of a handful of positions. Pass rusher, mm-hmm. it needs to be an offensive or defensive playmaker, mm-hmm. um, a cornerback, and then we need to have an offensive tackle because mm-hmm. those are the ones where if we're going to draft, and we talked about this uh, early in the week where, if we're drafting in the first round, maybe the first round is just for those marquee positions. Maybe we don't take an off-ball linebacker or some of those things. Like, it has to be somebody special, something that's going to be a foundational piece. And so, DJ, some of the names on this list, you talk about, like, the Michael Parsons of the world, uh, Nick Bosa's of the world, those things. So, like, if you could just think about, like, one player, because I think I sent you the list, one player that you could start the, the building process with, who would be the first guy that you would think about? So I'm 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 writing this down as we're talking about it because I I had highlighted some names and I was trying to think of the best way to say it. The way I would look at it, and even as much as I love the value of a premier offensive tackle, I think that we've talked on here before and flesh we fleshed this out before. We talked yeah. about the no tomato can theory, right? Yeah. Which was I don't need five Hall of Famers. I don't even need one Hall of Famer. Your your offensive line is as good as your weakest link. So you mm-hmm. want to have steady, steady, like a steady, solid offensive line. I'm good with that. Like I think you can win, you can win a Super Bowl with a steady offensive line. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have a superstar, but you don't have any tomato cans. So I'm going to take the offensive tackles, even though I love some of these guys, off the building block. Like this is that I build around this guy. I'm going to take yep. them out. So I, I came up with, I came up with PPU. That's what I came up with here, Buck. PPU, because you know we love kind of breaking this stuff down like that. Okay. So. I, I think if I'm thinking offense and I want to build my offense around somebody, and again, quarterbacks are off the table here. Mm-hmm. Playmaker. You use the word playmaker. And to me, really, those are the wideouts. You know, so you're talking yeah. about the next, the next, you know, that a young player to build around for the future. To me, you start getting into the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, you know, AJ Brown's in that mix, CeeDee Lamb's in that mix. Like guys, you can kind of build your offense around. I think Garrett Wilson's got a chance to enter into that yeah. conversation. So I'm thinking playmakers offensively. And then defensively, here's where the P and the U come in. Pass rushers, which would probably be the first ones I would look at. Dominant pass rushers. And whether they're inside guys or outside guys, I might even lean more towards the inside guy as being harder to I think I know what the U is. I think I know what the U is. I think the U is unicorn. I think the U is for unicorn. I think the U is for unicorn. (laughs) You got it. You got it. Because, Because here's my thing. Like if I'm going to build a defense and you can give me a like Micah Parsons, Derwin James, those guys are the unicorns. 
So mm-hmm. that's why I think, oh, I can build, I can build around those guys as much as I could build around an interior or an edge rusher. So yeah, I love it. We're sharing a brain. Hadn't even talked about that. You already knew what the U was. So because so I had to, you know, when you're writing, you start putting the list up. And so I started thinking, um, all right, well, who who are we thinking about? I was like, well, pass rusher. And funny, I, I was like, well, Michael Parsons is, if we're talking about building a team around, he might be the number one guy because he gives mm-hmm. you a two for one. He gives you an yep. off-ball linebacker who can do all the stuff sideline to sideline, but he's a premier pass rusher. It is mm-hmm. rare that you find someone like this. So he fits the unicorn category. Uh, later down the list, I started thinking, okay, you know, uh, one day when you weren't here, I had an opportunity to talk to Bill Polian on MTS, mm-hmm. and he talked about the safety position and the growing importance of safety in today's game. When you have running quarterbacks, you need someone that can match them. So then mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, that means Derwin James has to be in the mix. And it also made me think a little bit about Minka Fitzpatrick. Because yeah, of his that's another, it's a great one. It's a great one. You know, yeah. and so so you start thinking like, okay, these guys that we're talking about as foundational pieces, they need to have a little more than just your traditional, hey, I'm one position, you put me here, this is all I can do. They have to be able to impact the game a few different ways. And so versatility and position flexibility is really critical. Yeah, and I think when you kind of, it's such a great topic, but I think of that analogy of the jar, right? You have the jar. We did it in Sunday school. You have a jar. You have next to the jar, you have all different size rocks. Then you have sand and then you have some water. And you're like, how do I fit all that stuff into one jar? Well, the key to it is you got to put the big rocks in first. If you yes. don't put the big rocks in, you're not going to get them in. So that's the, that's where you start. That And that's what I think of when I think of this topic, like a building block, like, okay, we can get the other stuff, but who's one that we can say, this is the rock, this is the centerpiece, this is the foundation of which I can build what either an offense or a defense. And I, I think that on defense, you look at those pass rushers um, and, and you know, Nick Bosa, you look at, uh, you know, the interior guys where you have a, a Jeffrey Simmons, Quinnen Williams, Dexter Lawrence, who's emerging. Like yeah. so I, I think we were looking at that age restriction. So that took some of those other guys, you know, off yes. the list. But when you're looking at those types of guys, oh, man, I can start building the whole defense around that. And then the corner position, I would put that down below that. And I, I honestly think I would rather have give me the give me the Micah Parsons, the Derwin James over a premier corner as much as I love would love a shutdown corner of Sauce Gardner or what have you. I, I think I would rather take I'd rather take the unicorn. So here's the thing. Let's talk about the cornerback position, because that was one that I that I had to deliberate hard over. And DJ, it was only one corner in my mind that I could even consider taking. If you're making a list of 10, Sauce yeah. Gardner was the only yeah. corner that I could think about just based on how unique and rare he is in terms of size, athleticism, uh, playmaking ability, and those things. And as much as I like Pat Sertan and mm-hmm. uh, Diggs and those other guys, they're different. Mm-hmm. They could play, they're different in terms of like when we talk about a building block because – when you think about the cornerback, in my mind, he needs to be, hey, we put him on that side of the field. Don't worry about he, it. Yeah. Hey, your man on that side by yourself will zone everything else over on this side. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, I think Sauce Garden is the only guy in that younger category that I can put there. People are talking about Yari Allerton and that's, to me. Can I, I, can I give you my analogy on the what you just said there? That's when you, if you have kids, you'll understand this. You get to the age where the kids get to a certain age where you go to the you can go to Disneyland and one of them is old enough. for you like, go ahead. You go. You want to go ride that ride? 
Yeah. You go, you, I, I can take my eyes. I don't have my eyes on you. I, we're fine. The other ones, it's, man, we, <laughs> we put them in a bright shirt. You're wearing a bright shirt and my eyes are never, never leaving you the whole day yeah. we're at the park. No, so it's the trust factor. Hey, now you got, you got them locked down on that side. We're cool. Now we're going to go over here and we're going to focus mm-hmm. on that other stuff. And so it's rare. The part that I don't say I struggled with, but I know we've had some debates about the value of the off-ball linebacker, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the names on that list, which would be like Fred Warner. Um, you got Roquan Smith and some yeah. others. And then DJ, I'm start I'm starting to think like, man, bang for my buck. Is it enough yeah. bang for my buck to build around them? Can I do, is it essential? Is it an essential part of the championship puzzle? If I got Quentin Williams, if I have Dexter Lawrence, if I have pass rushers, do I really need a high end? Mike linebacker, do I skip that second level and say, okay, I got a premier front line. Let me get a, a couple premier pieces in the secondary, and then we can go play. It's different to think like that, but if we're talking about building a team and where we allocate the cash, maybe I don't allocate the cash like you, buddy, Harry Roseman. Yeah, well, linebackers are important, but yeah. we're not going to spend a whole lot of money. Well, I mean, I I see it, and you know, it hasn't paid off in in the form of a championship yet. But I mean, I see the philosoph uh, philosophical uh, uh, mirror image of this with the Chargers because they draft linebackers in the third or fourth round. They've done it with the Kaiser Whites. They've done it with the mm-hmm. Drew Tranquils. They get they get some good play out of them, and then they're on to the next group of you know third fourth rounders. I mean, it's just kind of there's a lot of teams I think that are adopting that philosophy. Say, I got to pay my pass rushers. I got to pay my corners, um, but I can't pay everybody. And that's why we're going to allow linebackers to, you know, come and go. Linebackers and running backs. We're picking and choosing. Yeah. We're picking and choosing mm-hmm. because we can, We feel like – and this goes all the way back. Willie Shaw, David Shaw's dad used to talk about the front end can impact the back end far more than the back end can impact the front end. Meaning that the trenches, if you're good in the trenches, you can be good everywhere else because if you have the ability to, to rush people with four or control the line of scrimmage in the running game – with your front four, well, man, you can cobble together stuff. You can X and O the stuff in the back end. But if you don't have any pieces up front, you're gonna have a hard time winning games. I don't want I don't want you to give away your list because you can you can read the article. It'll be out on Bucky's Notebook on Friday, NFL.com. So I'm not asking you to give away your entire list, but can I ask you one comp like who who you would go with? Because I'm curious mm-hmm. on this one. Mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner or Derwin James, who would you rather have to to have as your building block? I want both of them. I want both of them. Like, why, why, why you got to stack them. One? You got to stack them. Uh, I would say that I would take Derwin more yeah. so than Sauce Garner. And the reason why is if we're talking about controlling the middle of the field, uh, I can do more things with Derwin James than I can with Sauce. Like Derwin, we talk about unicorn. On a week-to-week basis, I can move Derwin around. Derwin can play in the deep middle. Derwin can play on the tight end. Derwin can blitz off the edge and have an impact. With Sauce, I'm just having a guy that can control just one player. He can only erase one man. With Derwin, each week I can use him to take away the the strength of the opponent. So I would rather have Derwin more so than Sauce. So I I agree with you on that, and I love Sauce Gardner. We're going to do our corner draft here in a little bit, and that'll be reflected once we we uh, we go through that list. But I would say one of the main reasons I think I would lean towards Derwin is because of the. Um, the impact we're seeing of the athletic quarterback where we're seeing every year more and more athletic quarterbacks coming into the league. You know, you're, example, you're playing the Colts this this year. 
who's going to who's going to be better equipped to slow down Anthony Richardson? Is it going to be Sauce Gardner taking away Michael Pittman and Michael Pittman doesn't have a catch? Or is it going to be Derwin James in the middle of the field every time he tries to escape and run? He closes the space and gets him, you know, for a two yard loss or a two yard gain. Look, DJ, one of the things that NFL teams are they have they're beginning to have to do is they have to steal ideas from the college game. So going all the way back to uh, Bud Foster in the Virginia Tech defense when they would play those teams because they stunned Ohio State one year opening game yeah. and they, they kind of took away uh, Braxton Miller and those guys. And what they did is they dropped the safety down and that safety was integral in the run game, dealing with the quarterback and those things. And so as you're dealing with the Jalen Hurts of the world, the Lamar Jacksons, the Justin Fields, you need to have a safety who is as athletic and as physical as the bodies that we're seeing at quarterback. Because remember, the quarterbacks that are now playing are not the Tom Brady types. When you look at Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson and those guys, if it wasn't for the fact that they could throw it better than anybody, their high school coaches would have put them at another position on offensive defense to handle things. And so you need to have someone that is a comparable athlete to deal with that kind of uh, explosive playmaker. I think their athleticism makes it difficult on the quarterback. I also think what their versatility does in terms of disguise makes it mentally more taxing on a quarterback. In other words, if you see most safeties pre-snap lined up over Tyreek Hill in the slot, you know he's coming. I know he's coming. He ain't, They're not going to leave him out there with mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill. I've seen Derwin James be left alone with Tyreek Hill with no help. Like that, you, you'd never step to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback and feel comfortable knowing what you're looking at and what's coming, d- depending on where the safety is. We always talk about quarterbacks, you know, safeties are the window into the soul of the defense. That's going to that's gonna be your tell. That's going to help you with understanding what they're trying to do against you. You can't mm-hmm. do that when you have someone capable of doing everything on a football field, and that's what like a guy like Derwin James gives you. Yeah, that's, that's what it gives you, and that's why you have to have him, and that's why you, you want to have that kind of player. You want to have him. You want to have a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick who has mm-hmm. corner-like skills but can play the deep middle, and his game has changed since he went to Pittsburgh, but I still remember all the different things he did in Miami, and you know it's still there. Uh, it's just a different position. It's a unique position. It's also one of the reasons why you're seeing teams kind of move away from the linebacker and they're having that hybrid big mm. safety kind of play there in okay. formation. Yes. You know, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa with Cleveland is he'd be an interesting one to kind of have as a chess piece to to build a defensive system around. Um, so, anyways, that that's an article. It's coming out. Um, you can find that Friday. It's a fascinating topic there. Uh, Bucky's going to list. What are you ranking? Top ten on this thing? Top ten, top ten, top ten. So now you made me go back and I got a, I had a little rough list, but now we started talking about some things. And so the offensive PPU, tackle Buck. That, that's my contribution. PPU free of charge. Yeah. The the look the offensive tackle thing. Yeah, that's that's interesting because the names on the list. Let's just give you some of the names: Penny Sewell, Tristan Wirfs, Slater. Andrew Thomas, uh, Slater, Darishaw, and mm-hmm. so Darishaw. So if you think about that, how many of those guys in traditional landscape? If we're talking, would every general manager say, "Oh, I'm a, I got to have him. We got to build it around him." This makes you go back and think, like, "Well, could we do it without a guy yep. like that?" And I love them, and I love them. I love all those players, the way they've played and what they've brought. And I trust me, you want to have a good left tackle. I just think I don't know that the the you know if you go from a great left tackle to a solid left tackle is that, that worth big the, of a deal? Is, is it that, that big of a deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So anyways, interesting, interesting conversation. It's going to lead to this next thing, and then we'll take a break and come back and knock out this corner draft. I was looking at uh, this the other day, talking to a buddy, one of our mutual friends. We we're talking pass rush, and we we're talking about how teams can be successful. You always talk about there's there's more than one way to get to the finish line. Teams can be successful mm-hmm. doing it differently. Um, and he brought up a great point. He said, look in the NFC East and two of the best pass rush groups, if you look at it. So let me, I'm going to pull up the numbers here so we can look at it. So if you're looking at how they rush, you can go to PFF and there's a, a cool way to pull up some of these stats you can look at. But this one is about stunt percentage. So how many game, like what percent of the time are you running games and you're not just a straight rush, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, the team that did it the most last year was here it was. Pull it up here. One second. Pass stunt percentage. So the team that did it the most was the Dallas Cowboys, forty-two point nine percent. And when you watch the tape, you'll see it. They're kind of they're they're you know TEET games all over the place. They're running all kinds of loops and stunts and and really trying to challenge your communication, utilizing the athleticism that they possess. Forty-two point nine percent. Um, the team that's second, ironically, is the Niners, 33%. So that's the very top. Those are teams that are running games, running stunts more than anybody else in the league. Um, and then you look down here at the bottom, the two teams that did it the least, the Philadelphia Eagles. So you got the Eagles-Cowboys, same division. The Philadelphia Eagles only ran stunts on 14.2% of their pass rushes. The team that was right next to them, the Kansas City Chiefs, was 177 So you look at that, Buck, and you pull it up, and you're like, well, wait a second, like, if we're talking about the great pass rush teams, and I look at let's look at the sacks then on top of that. So if you stunt percentage, you've got Dallas and San Francisco who do it the most, two great pass rushes. Philly and KC do it the least, two great pass rushes. In sacks, Philly was first, KC was second, Dallas was third, and San Francisco was seventh. So it's fascinating to me because we say like, oh, it's a copycat league. Well, what do you do? Like these are the two extremes. The ones who are doing it the most are doing great. The ones who are doing it the least are doing great. So it's fascinating to me the different approaches to it. And one of the things that it, I went and watched all the sacks. I was curious on, uh, you know, with the games that they were running, how it worked. And if you look at, and we were just talking about building blocks, you look at Micah Parsons. And if you look at Bosa, both of them are great on games. They're great on, mm-hmm. you know, run, you can loop them and they're, they're so athletic. They're good at it. Their best rushes when you watch the tape. Is when they're running, they're running two and three man games on the other side, and they leave them one on one. So Isolate. it's almost a mixture, right? So it's like, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need to fluff it up with this guy. Just let him go. He just let just win. The other guys, it's almost like kind of like a magician. Like look over here, look over here, and then all of a sudden, whoop, I got you on on the other yes. side. It's fascinating. And then they're more those teams. More, you know, really, really athletic using speed. Then when you look at the Chiefs and the Eagles, who again, first and second in the league in sacks and and they run the least amount of stunts in the league, their rushers incorporate more power. So they kind of just crush. They crush dudes. We don't need to be, we're not trying to trick you. We're not trying to challenge your communication. We're going to explode off the ball and we're going to try and run through you. And they do it better than anybody else in the league. It's fascinating to me, just the two different ways you can do it. Okay. So the teams at the bottom, it was Kansas City and San Francisco or more straight no, the, line? The, 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 the straight line teams were Philly and KC. So Philly, okay. the lowest Philly, in the KC. league, KC, the second lowest in the league. And okay. the teams at the top were Dallas and San Francisco. And the fascinating th- thing to me is San Francisco and Philly, 
their coaching tree is is aligned. So I thought they would be doing the same thing because they both kind of come from that Jim Washburn tree. Uh, but you don't. You've got San Francisco running all kinds of games, and you got Philly running the least amount of games in the league. So here's here's what stands out to me. Um, there's some people like Steve Jobs used to always talk about simplicity. The mm-hmm. ultimate sim- sophistication is that. And so DJ, they talk about whatever it is that you do, be great at it. And so what you're seeing, those the two respective parts of the spectrum, their team that have even committed to, we're going to be the best stunting game team mm-hmm. in the league. We're going to do it. This is who we are. We're not going to live in both worlds. This is what we do. So they've gone all out in doing it. So I bet you their practice structure is all about gaming. 100% true. That's true. I yeah. know that for a fact. I know that it's, for a fact. It's either all games. Everything we're doing is mm-hmm. about stunning, looping, and doing that stuff. And then you have the Eagles and the Chiefs are saying, oh, no, this is a – we whoop you. Yeah. Our guys win one-on-one. So then their practice stuff is power rushes, one-on-one drills, working hands to defeat one-on-one situations or double-team blocks and the like. And what it tells me is, regardless of what your philosophy is, you got to go all in on whatever it is that you believe in. But you Mm -hmm. can't live in both worlds because the teams in the middle end up being right in the middle. And so if you're all in on, hey, man, I believe we're athletic enough to game it, everything that we do, is about gaming and stunts and movement. The people that we bring in fit their world. And so it makes sense. And that's a lot of clarity that I get now when you look at it. The top four teams live two different worlds, but whatever it is, they're great at it. And so it mm-hmm. works. I'm so glad. This is why I brought this up because you provided clarity um, to me. Because I know when you said that, I know for a fact in talking to some of the coaches that they said with like with Dallas, their, their, their time and their indie group work is all majority of the time spent on games and timing and landmarks and, and, and really mastering games. And they're darn good at it. The Eagles, I know for a fact, they're, they are working on get off. They are working on hands. They are working on winning one-on-one. And I think the way you said it, you phrased it better than I could. Cause I, I, I loved it that there, you, you want to major in something. If you're trying to major in everything, oh, you major yeah. in nothing. No, so be great at one point one side of this thing it's it who, who cares your playbooks this big and say oh we can do a little of this we can do a little of that a little of this a little of that like those aren't the great teams that they, they they do their thing better than everybody else and that's why these two two approaches opposite approaches both work you know there there's something to that because dj when you go and you, you you study all the great coaches from from yesteryear or whatever like vince lombardi i had this my radio partner uh steve hartman he used to work uh with sc and he talked about john mckay the legendary USC coach and Vince Lombardi used to have these contests to see who could have the smallest playbook. Right. <laughs> and so at one point, like I think the Packers had six or eight plays and same thing for SC who was known for student body. Right. And then the Packers known for the Packers sweep. And what happens is DJ look, man, this is what we do, but the only way to get good at it, you have to be really detailed in what you're doing. And the only way to be detailed is you got to rep it over and over and over again. And so when you talk, we talk about those teams and their two different philosophies, the time on task. If we're going to be a good stunt team, we got to allocate enough time to the task so we can be good at it. Same thing when it comes to the power rushes. It seems like those teams have figured out who they are 
and they're very comfortable living in the worlds that they live in. How would how would this translate? And and you do it coaching at the high school level, but I'm curious what your thoughts are at the NFL level. Is there is there is there you know we talk about gap schemes when we talk about zone schemes with, with offensive line and, and your run game? Are you gonna be are you gonna be downhill power team? Or are you gonna be bulls on parade? You know, mm-hmm. getting to the perimeter and uh, running outside zone, which a lot of teams live off of. Are you better off kind of majoring in one of those versus having a diverse rushing attack where we do a little bit of you know everything? You're better off majoring. In my estimation, you're better off majoring. It's almost one of the reasons why back in the old days when Mike Shanahan and Alex Gibbs were together, and it was the zone system. And you know going in, you're going to deal with inside and really Mm -hmm. outside zone. But because this is what they do, they live and breathe it, they've been doing it from the beginning of OTAs all the way through the season, the reps, the reps. There's a a quote that I uh, use with my team. It's an old Bruce Lee quote. I want to make sure I get it right. Bruce Lee says, I fear not the man who has done 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the man who's done one kick 10,000 times. And so Mm -hmm. DJ, that's what, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the mastery of what it is that we do. I don't care if you, you can know what's coming, but we do it so much that there's no way you can prepare for what you're going to face because we live it. You don't live Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, well, I think it's great. And your, your high school team is another testament to that. You guys committed yourself to running the rock and you did it as well as anybody, and you guys had a ton of success. And I'm sure, I'm sure, there was a large percentage of snaps where the dudes on the other side of the ball knew exactly what was coming. You can't do anything yeah, about it. You only run like three or four plays. So you that's just what I'm saying. Yeah, you are who you are. You are who you are. You rep it. You master it, and then you live with it. So I don't know. I no, but it, but this is man, this is fascinating. Like the stunts in games and that stuff in terms of like. Hey man, we're just gonna get good at. We're just gonna. We're gonna do it over and over. But the thing that you said, um, it's like isolation basketball, right? Mm-hmm. I used to love back in the day when the Utah Jazz would run pick and roll on one side, but then post somebody up on the other side and do that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're giving you all that hocus pocus on the right, <laughs> and then Mar- Michael Parsons is hitting you on the man in the mouth from the left. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. We got to talk about all these three-man games. But, dog it, Michael Parsons just had a one-on-one and just ran scot-free in the quarterback. Yeah, no, it's so true, man. It is. I mean, that's like when you look at those two teams and look at the sacks, the thing that jump when you're like, whoa, I look at it from the offensive side and go, oh, man, that's a nightmare. The nightmare is when they do all that fluff on one side and they free up the stud to go, go to work on the other. And that's what those teams have done. So again, two different approaches, but at times it can look similar because they're, they're finding ways to isolate those guys, their best rushers and, and let them get to work. Um, anyways, that was a fun, fun chat there. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and knock out this corner draft right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, Buck, let's get it going here. Let's go corners. I believe I'm up first. Um, not not going to spend any time uh, going into this one because I think we're both on the same page here. Even though he's a young player going into year number two, I got the first pick. I'm going Sauce Gardner uh, from the Jets. I can, I can feel comfortable. Leave him out there. Don't worry about it. You want to play. You want to get up in their face. Uh, play physical. He can do that at the line of scrimmage. He can carry verticals with his speed. He can find and play the ball. Um, he's more than a willing tackler. And I love the the preparation he puts into it as well. You get all the off the field stuff dialed in as well. So to me, it's a it's it's really a no brainer. I'm gonna take Sauce Gardner with the first pick. Man, how rare is it for a guy to be a rookie player to come into the league and rank as the best cornerback in the league? He is everything that everyone talked about. Uh, I think he's exceeded everybody's expectations immediately 
size, athleticism, strength, but the DJ, the part that you talked about, the preparation. When you met him, you talked to him, he was serious about his craft and is one of the reasons why he's played really, really well uh, from the first time he stepped into the league. Uh, this is interesting, DJ, because I'm going to go with Yari Alexander from the Green Bay Packers here in this pick. And the reason why I like Yari Alexander is because his ability to lock up and play man-to-man is essential. But also under Joe Barry, he now has the opportunity to play more zone, more eyes on the ball. That lends itself to put his hands on the ball more, vision on the ball, see the breaks, get interceptions, and do those things. This is the year where everyone is going to talk about the loss of Aaron Rodgers. But I think at the end of the year, what we're talking about, the emergence of the Packers' defense. More pressures on them to be able to keep the score down. I think they kind of respond. And part of that is because Alexander's play on the perimeter. Yeah, no, he's a stud. Uh, big fan of his game. I remember him coming out, how just how twitched up and fluid and explosive he was coming out of college. It translated immediately to the Packers. Been a great player. Um, okay, I've got a couple different areas that I can go here. Uh, might surprise you on this one because there are some other good ones out there. Uh, but I'm going to go Pat Sertan, the, the second here. Uh, just in terms of the size and physicality, I feel like the things I said about Sauce Gardner, you get a lot of those same things with him. Um you know, look, this is a Denver team to not play great last year. I think this is a year where there's some renewed energy there with Sean Payton. Um, he is the building block to me of this defense. Get him out there, get him healthy for 17 games, and I think he'll 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 firmly establish himself as one of the premier players uh, at his position. He can do everything. Uh, I love the size. I love the physicality that he possesses. So a couple different areas I could have gone, but I'm going to go with the Denver Bronco. You know, it's, it's funny, DJ, that you talk about that because I'm sitting here uh, – Talking about Pat Sertan, and you know, it's funny because we had the, all these conversations leading to the draft. And then Sertan has been exactly what everyone uh, hoped that he could be in terms of lockdown corner that can play variety of tools in the toolbox. And so he certainly is deserving of being in that conversation. So now, DJ, here's where we're at because we're, we're at an interesting place in terms of we can talk about the young guys or we can talk about the old guys. Yeah. And so the guy who has always been celebrated as the top corner for the last five years has been Jalen Ramsey. So I'm going to take Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey in this, at this spot, but I'm going to do it with an asterisk. The one thing about Jalen, I would say, is last year was not his best year. And I think we're right at that point where you begin to wonder, is his play going to drop off? Now, maybe that was boredom. Maybe because the team wasn't as good, he wasn't as locked in. I think we see a different Jalen Ramsey show we'll see, up. We'll, see, we'll see the better version of him this year. I'm confident on that. In my he was a little disinterested. He was, I mean, you, he can't help but be. I mean, with the way that season went. Yeah, he was a little checked out. And so I think we'll see a better version. Also, Vic Fangio might be able to do some things that will keep him engaged, moving him around and doing stuff. So Jalen Ramsey right now will be my second pick, taking him in this. Well, you you framed it. I mean, you talk about the difference between the young guys and then the guys who have done it and have a long track record. And I, I've got two young guys already in the fold. So with my third pick, I'm going to get the veteran. I'm going to go with Darius Slay who's just the mm-hmm. consistency with him is what stands out. Um, you know what you're getting each and every year. He lines up. He's competitive. He posts. Um, he's out there to play. Um, to me, I, to me, he's kind of the consummate professional. I think he's good for the room as well. So to me, I'm going to go I'm going to go with big play slay here with my third pick. OK, it's funny that you talk about big plays. And one of the reasons I'm going to go with this guy is because he is a big playmaker. Now, some would say he gives it. He gives and he takes it, it away. It so he could be a bit of a double agent. But let's go ahead, Trayvon Diggs from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a couple of years ago, we saw that the, the interception numbers were ridiculous. They were through the roof. But when you're drawing up a cornerback, you want them long. You want them with good ball skills and vision and instincts. And 
He was more consistent last year, not as productive, but Trevon Diggs is on his way to being an outstanding quarterback in his league. He's already flashed it and shown it. We just want to see more consistency from him. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the way the game's played right now, you want to take the football away. So, you know, he gives up some plays, but, man, if you're giving us some extra possessions as well, um, you know, I, I think you live with that, with the way the game's played right now. It's kind of the college game leaking uh, into the NFL game. All right, I, I'm tempted to go a couple different directions here with this next one. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot. I'm just going to go with Lattimore. I'm going to go with Marshawn Lattimore. There's a couple different places I thought about going, um, but, again, uh, a long track record. I think this is a Saints team. A lot of expectations this year. I think he has a big year for them. You can still match him up. He can play size. He can play against the smaller, quicker guys. He's got a complete skill set. He's been one of the best corners for quite some time now, so I'll go with him. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a fantastic player. He uh, certainly has all the traits and tools that you look for on the perimeter. And you're right, when he's locked in and loaded and healthy, he plays at a phenomenal level level and so i understand him being there how about we go with somebody from that division who has been solid but maybe got lost a little bit last season that's aj terrell from the atlanta falcons that was my and, choice that was my that was my struggle was those two guys picking which one you yeah. want I, I don't think there's a wrong choice yeah so with aj terrell i mean you talk about someone who has been fantastic he can go on the edge and, and play man-to-man and be left alone uh he can play zone he has all those things coming out of clemson you know we felt like maybe he came off the board a little soon, but man, mm-hmm. give the Falcons credit because they know exactly what they have in him. And he has played at a level that is worthy of getting all-star consideration. Yeah, no, I, that, those two players, I think, travel together. Um, I, you know, I could have gone either way there. All right. Still some, some really intriguing names that I'm left with here. I always like with my fifth pick, I always like to kind of bet on somebody's maybe betting mm-hmm. a little bit more on the future with them. Uh, mm-hmm. young player that's emerging and I'm going to do it with the Kansas City Chief here. I'm going to go Trent McDuffie. Ooh. Trent McDuffie just knows how to play, man. He is always like in it. phase, always in position, incredibly smart and instinctive. I think this is, you know, this we saw it last year what he can do. I think you see a big jump this year. Um again, you want to play him inside, he's excellent. You need him to hold up on the outside, he can do that as well. A very versatile player. So I, I'm going to go with McDuffie here as uh, as my young guy that I'm betting on here for the future. Okay, I like the fact that you're betting on a young guy. I'm going to bet on someone who has played at a high level but has been very, very quiet the last year or two. How about Marlon Humphrey from the Baltimore Ravens? And some of this is the system has changed that he's playing in. You know, you think about what they were doing previously under Wink Martindale, more man-to-man, more stuff. Uh, Mike McDonald comes over and kind of changes what they do in the secondary I still like Humphrey, not only because he can play outside, but he's shown the ability to play inside. As the Baltimore Ravens play better, we'll have an opportunity to see Marlon Humphrey have more opportunities. I think that reignites the conversation about him being one of the best at his position. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of his as well. But doing it for a long time. Remember the the knock on him coming out was he couldn't find, you know, couldn't play the ball. Uh, he was always yeah. in great position, couldn't play the ball. And I always wondered, can you ever improve on that? Well, he absolutely has uh, at the NFL level. And he's going to punch the ball out every time he gets as well. He's mastered the peanut the peanut punch. He got it. He took it from uh, Peanut Tillman. He's coming there. He's learned how to knock the ball loose. More turnovers. Uh, we'll get more of that conversation about Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, that was a fun one. There's your there's your corner draft. We have one left, I believe. we got safeties. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that next week. Uh, Buck, I did get some comments. People enjoyed the fishing story, by the way, uh, <laughs> from the last episode. 
thought I might be in some heat. Thought I might be in some heat there no, with uh, good. some organizations, but so far nobody showed up yet. Um, I don't, you know, I, I'm in the clear. I'm in the clear thus far. I have, I have sent an open invitation to a. I did find a friend I had lunch with the other day that I found out uh, is him and his son Fish, and I said you can eat them. Go ahead, they're all yours. You yeah. can, you can catch them. You can cook them. They're all yours. So the I bat- think I'm gonna let him. He's gonna take care of the rest. I think. The bass is still thanking you for their uh, appetizer the other day that you served oh, up man. on a platter. <laughs> they were pretty little fish too, man. They were beautiful oh, koi. Um, and I had I had one. I sent you the video. I have one goldfish in there. It's actually the biggest goldfish I've ever seen. It's a big old goldfish. And so he's my colorful fish in there. I'm like, buddy, you got to play some defense. Help my guys out here. I dropped some koi in there, trying to provide some. Some some more uh, beauty to this pond. You didn't look. You didn't look out for them. Just let the bass just go right to work. Yeah, just just let them have their way. Disappointing. Pull the Disappointing. bass. Pull the bass had their way. Cute little koi, man. Little <laughs> dice. By the way, I'm telling you, you want to see Stooker. You don't know anything about. If you know anything about fish, go look online for like big koi and see what those things cost. Ooh, and the right mind is paying that much money for a fish. What in the I, world? I, I don't know, but they say you live long if you have fish in your house. Really. Yeah, if you have aquariums. Something about like them. Huh. Yeah. Tranquility there, huh? I guess. I don't know. It ain't brought me much peace. <laughs> I can pay that much. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us today. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Again, be on the lookout for Bucky's piece. That's going to be uh, NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. You can find that on Friday uh, for building blocks, players you can build around. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we will see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 
Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.